What is going on everybody? Welcome back to Batman News Weekly number 19. Ladies and gentlemen, we are 19 episodes into this. We are one episode away from the end of the year. Season one will be over. If you're new to this podcast, you've never been here before, we are a podcast that covers all things Batman. It doesn't matter if it's comic books, movies, TV shows, video games. We cover it all here. So think of this as your one-stop shop for Batman news. I am your host, Juice Wayne. My co-host here is Fanboy Clay. Clay, tell hopefully new viewers what's up. Hey guys, what's up? We have a very comic book heavy show for you today. Um, And I will say this is probably one of the most positive comic book reviews that we're probably going to have between me and Juice. Because recently we haven't been on the same page for a lot of these books. Uh, Now, I, I will say... Um, due to the title that you have seen, um, we do have yeah. something a little negative to say, uh, but we're going to keep that for the last part of the show. I think it's more of a question, to be honest. Um, but I mean, because I think the book overall that we will be talking about, I enjoyed a lot of it, but we have a very just specific question that we want to impose to the writer, but we'll get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, man, I've, uh, you know, I've been enjoying this day off. I, I, slowly started to get everything in order as far as the books to read i still haven't read harleen but juice is going to be the one to uh quickly talk about that when we get there but yeah yeah for sure it's been a good day yeah yeah so we're we're gonna run through some quick entertainment news because i know a lot of you guys love the entertainment stuff batman had kind of a slow week nothing happened with the movie unfortunately we've we've usually had one big piece of news for the movie but uh, it's kind of a slow week but i if you want something uh, we're less than a month, accordingly, less than a month until filming of this movie. It's supposed to start filming in January, sometime mid-January. There hasn't been a confirmation of that, but some people have said, like, in London, where it's going to be filming, is mid-January or so. And that's usually when Birds of Prey got started. Birds of Prey got started around January 15th or so, which was my birthday. And then um, Flash was scheduled to, you know, happen around that time, too. Suicide Squad. Um, I know started in September, so that should be wrapping up here in the next month or so. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, but hopefully we'll be getting some sneak peeks. You know, you'll have all those people that are going to be trying to snap photos of the Batman all next month. I'm hoping we don't get anything, to be honest. I'm hoping we don't get anything and they are actually able to release everything on their own. But, uh, talking about, uh, Suicide Squad or Batman or whatever, Birds of Prey has officially got a rating and it is going to be rated R. So that's been a lot of speculation. We know that Joker did very well. By the way, that is out on digital release. I bought that. It's on my phone now. Um, But uh, yeah, Birds of Prey finally rated R. We know Suicide Squad is more than likely going to be rated R as well. And uh, it's nice to see that DC is not shying away from R-rated movies. Because to be honest, a lot of their characters, in my opinion, are darker than Marvel characters. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, the big thing that was the... uh, uh, what's I can't even think of the correct word for it. But one thing that you know DC uh, is able to do outside of the formula that Marvel has basically been stuck in is the fact that they yeah. can throw in a rated R film and not hinder that franchise or the genre in general because they have proven yeah. with uh, it chapter one and two and as well as mm-hmm. Joker that rated R films are popular enough to make money. And to throw somebody like Harley Quinn into a comic book movie and a rated R film, 
they're really going to test that. And I am super pumped for it. Yeah. And to get a name like James Gunn in a comic book franchise that is yeah. DC and put it rated R, that's also going to be really, really fun to see. Yeah, that's going to be really awesome. And, you know, hopefully the DC Universe show Harley Quinn, which is also very R-rated. Oh, my God. Bring <laughs> a lot of people into this mindset of like oh yeah harley can be super r-rated and she's never been somebody that's like sweet and go lucky i mean she kills people like it's you know she's never been a like she comes off as that but i think that's part of her charm like she's like oh she's charming but she'll also kill me yeah like i think that's always just been her thing and uh, i i'm pumped for that movie although i i will be 100 percent honest i haven't felt like i've seen a trailer that i absolutely love although i heard the trailer that came out of ccxp is pretty fire because they show like black mask and stuff like that. And hopefully so we get that, that trailer next month. You know, the the really big thing was that they didn't yeah. want to show a trailer for Birds of Prey on the same week that Wonder Woman was being debuted because it was really towards Wonder Woman at CCXP that they really wanted to push some of that stuff. So, uh I'm I'm really excited for the Birds of Prey trailer. Now, I did see I didn't watch it, um but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I saw like a featurette with uh oh my god what's her name uh, uh i don't know if they're dating or oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh what's her uh, name huntress are you talking about black canary yeah, uh, hun- oh huntress. yeah oh, okay. it was huntress and i believe i think it might have been the entire cast like in different uh-huh. spots but they were like yeah. i don't know if they were like answering fan questions or anything because like i said i didn't watch mm-hmm. it i was just scrolling on my twitter feed and i saw it And I was like, hmm, maybe they're doing some, you know, fun little things before their next trailer, which if anybody sees that, go ahead, watch it. Tell us about it. You know, I'm probably going to try to find it sometime soon to to watch it later. Mm -hmm. But if you guys watch it before us, let us know, you know, tell us what it is. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. But uh, another thing, more news about uh, Birds of Prey. It looks like the music or the style of music you can expect in this movie, which you've already got this idea of what the music's going to be like from their trailers. It's going to be a little bit more modern. It's going to be hip-hop intensive. It's going to be very just fitting with this crazy chaotic style that they have. Uh, It has been said that uh, Megan Thee Stallion, who I don't know this artist personally. I've never heard their music is making a music video right now that is going to be for Birds of Prey. Doja Cat, who I actually know of, was a very viral sensation, is also recording a v- music video called Boss Bitch uh, that is going to be coming out sometime in the future. And uh, there's other rumors of Hazley and uh, somebody else is going to be on this track too. That, uh, yeah, it's just basically there's going to be a lot of hip-hop and like just modern music in this and uh i'm down for it i mean a lot of people did not like suicide squad the movie but a lot of people did enjoy that soundtrack so and um, the really big popular thing about suicide squad before the movie debuted is that they actually made a music video featuring jared leto's joker uh i believe that was 21 pilots um now for doja cat which oh no i think that might have been actually um the rick ross okay okay yeah sorry sorry. okay yeah yeah. Yeah, so the rick ross sorry about that but doja cat who i don't know who i just learned i literally learned that name like right (laughs) before we started recording um from the photos it very much looks like they're filming possibly on set or a copy of the set or whatever and so probably uh uh, marco robbie might be there or you know josie smollett or whoever Uh, i think it would actually be pretty cool if because josie smollett is a singer um she's going to be playing black Mm -hmm. canary who is also a singer if she's featured on one of these songs i think that would be kind of cool 
and be a little bit meta. That would be pretty but, awesome. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed that part of Suicide Squad. I'm loving the fact that they're doing that same thing here with Birds of Prey. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't really heard of anybody other than Halsey, um, and I love her music, so I'm really, uh, you know, prepared to, you know, hear awesome music from her on the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very interesting. Uh, one thing about Birds of Prey that I do kind of want to point out, because I am not somebody that shies away from being corrected. I actually did a reaction recently about the Gamescom uh, Birds of Prey trailer that came out. It's very small, very minimal stuff. And I saw uh, Black Canary kind of poking fun at Huntress, when I was like, oh, I don't really know if that feels like Black Canary. But apparently, somebody did point out to me, that is how they interact in the Rebirth Birds of Prey which I actually had not read. I did not keep up with that Birds of Prey. And uh, apparently, yeah, they're like really kind of bickery friends in that yeah, series. There yeah, so. there was some side-by-side shots that I saw a lot on Twitter of, you mm-hmm. know, the, the screen capture or the screenshot of that part of the trailer. And then... Yeah, with her real goofy yeah, face. With her, like, I love this yeah, girl. she looked really goofy yeah. in, that, in that screenshot yeah. or whatever. But then somebody actually took a panel from the Rebirth birds of prey and you can very you know easily see the similarities so i'm glad that they're pulling that from something more recent that a lot of people have read most likely yeah and so you know people will be more comfortable with these characters yeah that'll be pretty cool and again like i said i am always cool with uh, being corrected like that if you got the freaking source material because i hate when people just make stuff up if you got the source material i'll let you correct me all day long uh, but jumping from that, uh, we did have Idris Elba playing a little bit of uh, Koi on the red carpet for his movie Cats, which still creeps me the hell out. I did, forgot to ask my sister. She got like sneak preview uh, screenings for them yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm it. terrified of that so, movie, dude. I, I, yeah, I, so, like, I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to ask her if it was good at all. Uh, it's got T-Swift in it, so I'm down. But like uh, Idris Elba was on the red carpet and somebody asked him like, hey, is there anything about your Suicide Squad character that you can tell us? And he was like, oh, yeah, I can tell you everything. And he did like he was talking, but he didn't say anything. So he was just moving his mouth. And then the girl was like, oh, I guess we're just having some audio technical issues right now. And he's like, oh, yeah. She's like, can you do that again? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I said it all there. And so he's just kind of playing around. He knows (laughs) that he needs to keep it a secret. And I I like that. I love when actors kind of do that kind of stuff. So he's playing Koi. We still don't know who he is. A lot of people think he's going to be Bronze Tiger. The, you know, there's there's uh, speculation of him him being uh, sportsmaster. Yeah, sportsmaster as well. as well. So we'll see. You know, I think he would yeah. play you know a a good uh, Bronze Tiger or a good sportsmaster. Um, I think the sportsmaster yeah. is a safer pool just because I think that is something that the general audience who has watched something like Young Justice has seen before and uh, mm-hmm. the uh, daughter being Cheshire is some a very popular character from that show as well so I think that would be yeah. a really cool thing to bring into live action um, and then you can yeah. bring somebody like um, uh, Artemis and you know go into the hero route of that as well so I think that would be pretty cool yeah Sportsmaster would be kind of cool, but I honestly wouldn't mind keeping that dynamic that they actually have from Young Justice, where Sportsmaster is actually white and the mother is Asian, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mixed and stuff like that. That's really cool. I like that because I do think we need a little bit more diversity in these DCU movies, Um, although they have done really well so far and stuff like that. But I think we still let's let's mix it up a little bit. And I, you know, it's very hard for me to, at first I thought like, oh, you would be wasting Idris Elba on Bronze Tiger, to be honest. And I think Jalil, Jalil White, I think is his name. I might be getting that wrong. 
uh, he was in Arrow. He's actually Bronze Tiger in Arrow. I thought he was awesome. I was like, man, you could have just brought. Oh yeah, Spawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think that would have been really cool. But um, I don't know. I'm interested to see. Uh, I'm just I'm excited because James Gunn has m- said this multiple times. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he is somebody that does a lot of Q and A's, and everybody's like. Would you do this if DC offered it to you? Would you do this? And he says that DC offered him anything he wanted, and he picked Suicide Squad. So he's extremely passionate about this movie. He says this is his passion project. So I'm just excited to see that because anytime somebody is passionate about something, it seems like you get their best work. So I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, But going from the big screen to the digital screen or the animation screen, we got a trailer for Superman Red Sun. Which uh, arguably one of be- Superman's best stories. Oh yeah, it's uh, you're the Superman aficionado. You know, here. as so. far as Red Sun, Red Sun was actually one of the later stories that I read. I know it was always a story that everybody was like basically saying critically acclaimed, and yeah. it was just a weird way of seeing Superman and yeah. you know being you know landing in Russia, being you know in probably the worst time in history. You know, just because yeah. of when it was based, you know, I was just like, I don't know if I want to see my hero like that. And let me just say, I was completely wrong in thinking that it's such a great story. It's a really, really awesome story, um, you know, because the older I got, the more, I guess, uh, character building in any way. You know, I, I wanted to mm-hmm. see something different with Superman and I love to see things yeah. different with Superman, especially when somebody takes approach like red sun and the best thing about that is being able to see characters in the universe that relate to superman such as a wonder woman a green lantern a batman and seeing what their roles would be in that setting is really cool to see but um go ahead and go on uh you were gonna say uh we see a small appearance of batman in that trailer right yeah yeah for sure so we do if you've never read the book Batman is basically it's basically a BVS situation in you know Red Sun it's something like that and of course he is I don't know if he's from Russia exactly I, I it's been a while since I read the story I feel like he's from like a little part outside of yes. Russia that I, I, I believe I believe other. so like I said I yeah. I have read the story as well but it has been a, a while for me as well so I think I, I yeah. kind of want to go back and read it I'm pretty sure uh, it's the DC story. universe has advertised it i think they have it but i'll have to double check yeah because i don't i don't know if i own a copy of red sun i want to say i do but uh i could be wrong but at the same time yeah i think i read it online because i needed oh i think i was doing research for a top 10 video of like 10 ways batman's beat superman or something like that and the red lamps were one way or i should say like tried to neutralize whatever you know what i mean has fought superman and um like that was one of the things and like red lamps are always popping up on there that's from red sun so i thought that was uh, really cool to you know bring it down to his uh to be able to fight him like you know one-on-one which i thought was really cool so they do yeah, in it, fact in have red story, sun on dc universe so anybody who is subscribed you can read it for free on dc universe also, disclaimer, because this actually happened to me today. If you bought DC Universe from the get-go and you got the extra three months, you're more than likely getting charged right now for the annual renewal if you never change that in your life. Because I didn't change it. I actually bought a renewal at San Diego Comic-Con, and I got charged immediately today. I will say, though, customer service answered back within like an hour and refunded me my money. That's awesome. So if you email them immediately... 
you should be able to get a refund before it gets taken out of your debit card or your bank account or anything like that. Um, especially if you, you know, if you're like, hey, I'm gonna renew or I already did renew because some people have had that option. I had that option. So uh, yeah, if you are somebody that has not checked that, you're more than likely to be getting an email soon saying like, you've been charged uh, because the year is ending for that. Um, but yeah, so Red Sun, totally pumped for this. This is gonna be a digital release, if I'm mistake, not mistaken, right? It's gonna show up right it's, away? It's, uh, the, the way they usually do it is the digital, because I believe, because if you saw it, did have a picture of a Blu-ray yeah. cover. It is gonna go digital yeah. first. That's how most of these movies go anyway. Um, it's going to go mm -hmm. digital first, and on the day that it becomes available physically is when they also release it on the DC Universe, which I think is a little silly. Yeah. If it's available digital, so. it should be av available digitally on the DC Universe, but that's not how they want to do it. So they will yeah, release sure. it digitally. you got to make money yeah, still. They'll, I mean, it took they'll release it to, make to purchase digitally and then release it digitally later. Uh, and it's usually about a two-week gap. So whatever date there was yeah. for that official trailer, which I forgot the date, but I will say, I usually just wait until the DC Universe has it and reads it uh, and, and watch yeah. it. But that cover for the Red Sun, like physical copy, looked really awesome. And yeah. I'm really tempted to buy it physically. Yeah, no, it, it looks really awesome. Uh, I always say I want to buy physical stuff, but then I, I don't want the space to be taken up. <laughs> and I also like, I just want everything on my phone, you know? Yeah. And, or my iPad or whatever I use it. So I have, I already bought Joker, so it's going to stay on my phone. Um, but that is a lot of the entertainment news, ladies and gentlemen. I will say, unfortunately, we did got we got no video game news. We got bamboozled <gasps> again from the Game Awards. Yeah, a lot of Matt. people are saying freaking, yeah, December 12th, December 12th, Batman news, Batman news is going to happen uh, and nothing. So uh, we're still waiting. I, I don't know when this is going to happen now. You would have thought the Game Awards would have been the biggest place. Um, I would maybe PAX, but I mean, PAX, it ain't gonna happen PAX South because that's here in San Antonio and that's definitely not happening here. We yeah, don't get no. anything big here. No, we don't. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be, it'll be interesting to see when they announce uh, that. I, I still think DC needs to hold their own kind of event and announce these big ass things in their own time, not necessarily at a convention. For sure. Um, but maybe they get paid by these places. I don't really know. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna move on to comics, ladies and gentlemen, and we have a lot to talk about now before we jump into batman 85 which is the conclusion of tom king's batman run kind of with an asterisk because he's going to be doing batcat which is continuing the story but his main batman title run we're going to run through there was what like 29 dc books this week and like half of them were batman pretty much related. uh i think there was like 29 books this week yeah yeah it's it's insane so uh i read catwoman did you read catwoman i Don't did know not you read get or not. to read catwoman okay so Catwoman was pretty cool. It was pretty much a big fight scene with uh, Catwoman and Zatanna teaming up together. They beat up all these dudes in the bar. They have a side bet of, like, you can't use magic, you can't use your whip. And uh, it's just a fun little issue. Again, it kind of hints at, like, people telling Selina to go back to Gotham, which I think is really cool because I just I want to see her in Catwoman go back and meet Bruce and everything like that. And it still hasn't happened. The stories don't line up, so that really annoys me. Because it just doesn't make sense, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm still enjoying that. Uh, Joelle Jones, I think, drew this one. Um, she's on here, but she's also uh, I don't know. I don't actually don't know if she drew this one. It looks like she's pr did some of the panels. I don't know if she did everything, but of course she is still writing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, Catwoman was cool. Didn't really progress a lot of the story. She got some favor that Zatanna owes her, and yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, two books I have not read yet, but I definitely did pick up. 
that are Batman related are Year of the Villain number one, Hell Hell's Risen, Hell Arisen, Hell Arisen is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. It's basically Batman Who Laughs and his freaking Justice League versus the Legion of Doom kind of, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm tired of freaking Batman Who Laughs, so I'm not. <laughs> I they, it was in my box and I was like, fine, I guess I'll buy it. Um, and then I got the Commissioner, which is the one shot of the Gordon. Uh, you know his transformation. Although I felt like it was kind of unnecessary because we got we got we that saw the in, transformation uh, Batman, in who Batman who laughs. Yeah. So um, I thought that was kind of like whatever. But I flipped through it. It looked interesting, so I was like, you know what, I'll buy it. Um, so I picked that up. We got the conclusion of Doomsday Clock, which this didn't really have a lot of Batman in it. To be it honest, it really didn't. Um, but let me just say, but it is great. a great issue. I feel like Johns did a really good job with what he had and what he had to do to make sense of the story. Because unfortunately, with a lot of the delays, DC wanted to move forward, and they said, "Hey, now you have to move yeah. forward with what we already have." And so he, you know, was just with what he was working with, he was able to make a solid story really really great and it was awesome that we got this right after the watchman finale so you get like double Mm -hmm. the freaking dr manhattan so it it was just great yeah really really awesome it was yeah john's at the moment is one of those writers that is not falling flat on the final issue of his comic run which is insane um but he you know he does have the clout to be able to delay his books and everybody will still buy them no matter what because he's that good of a writer that is true and john's yeah and john's is the like pinnacle of creative writing he had a story he definitely had a story set in this but you know they were like you know we got to change some stuff and he had to change that on the fly they had to redraw some stuff and bada bing bada boom he still made a really compelling story that is just that is key creative writing there ladies and gentlemen so if you want to be a comic book writer if you're interested in just reading good shit just go pick up anything that jeff johns has done uh what would you recommend that of yours if you had to pick a jeff johns story if anybody wanted to read pure jeff johns just to like see what kind of range he has now depending on whether you want to read short story or long story I would say anything Green Lantern by Jeff Johns is absolutely amazing. He created the outside spectrum of green and yellow. He created the blue. He created the orange. He created the red. He created the black and he created the white. Everything and the uh, the, the, the indigo. Um, he created everything yeah. outside of green and yellow. He, uh, you know, he was the one who did Infinite Crisis. He created Jaime Reyes' Blue Beetle. Um, yeah. You know, he has done uh, Blackest Night, Green Lantern. That is a crazy story that I absolutely love. Uh, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of the uh, first Green Lantern stories that I really got hooked into. Uh, Superman, you know, he was able to write a little bit of the New 52 story. Uh, yeah. He, you know, in Infinite Crisis, he played a lot. He, like, his love for, I just, I just think the, you know, genre of comic books and superheroes it clearly yeah. shows on every single page that he writes he had an awesome you know the 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 word rebirth is really connective to jeff johns because yeah. the very first story he ever wrote that was a rebirth was flash rebirth he brought back barry allen you know yeah. then he had a green lantern rebirth and he brought back hal jordan after he died yeah and then of course rebirth was the comic series that you know which 
you know, started this whole, you know, story with Tom King was his yeah. initiative. So just the, the genre of comic book altogether is something that he truly respects and really just wants to write good stories. And of course, although Juice does not, you know, look very interested in it, he created, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I almost forgot her name, uh, Stargirl. Uh, so oh, okay yeah, yeah oh the yeah, show, the show. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. a lot of his work is on the dc universe if you would like to read that uh it is actually under yeah. stars star spangled banner or whatever uh yeah. it's not actually star girl the title isn't really star girl yeah, yeah, yeah but go read you know i think if you can just search jeff johns on the dc universe app pick anything mm-hmm. to be completely honest you will not yeah be i'm sure yeah i'm sure it'll pop up yeah, he's done some of the greatest stuff. If you're a new reader and you want to get caught up currently, I would suggest Rebirth. Oh and, yeah, the, uh, pick the, up Doomsday. The, the Rebirth comes out. Uh, 100 page. Um, it catches you up yeah. with everything that ended in New 52, and will start in Rebirth, yeah. and then you can just pick up whenever. It's really, really good. Yeah, so John's is good. Um, his Justice League run was kind of cool too. So you can definitely. Check oh that yeah, out. with Jim but Lee. Another yeah. comic book. Yeah, that I have not read. Was Justice League this week? Um, I don't want any spoilers, so we're not gonna talk about that. But Clay did say that Batman used some cool gadgets in here, so that is also something that happened. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. There's uh, Batman uh, and Superman number five is something that we have been talking about on this show, but we're kind of just kind of getting away from it to be honest. I don't even pick it up anymore in my sub box, not because uh, I don't love the art. The art is amazing. Art is, is amazing. But the story's just it's okay. Yeah, the the story is okay. Uh, it seems like they're going in a new direction. It, personally, number five seemed like it ended the story kind of, and it's going somewhere else. But you're telling me that it's still involved with that. I don't know. It, yeah, it's really you know, because so. I will say at the very end, um, Superman and Batman feel the need to tell Diana, Wonder Woman, what happened to yeah. Donna Troy, and it just leaves you on that cliffhanger of that one page spread of Wonder Woman. So we're yeah. still in the infected story. But it does mm-hmm. look like in January, uh, moving forward, we're going to be moving to a Zod Razal Ghul story arc. Um, okay. But I am still not sure how I feel about this book. You know, I I told Juice yeah. in the very beginning that I would give uh, Williamson about five issues to see, you know, if he really knew how to write Batman. And I yeah. don't know if he really does. You know, in this five issues, so. Yeah. That's going to be another topic that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. So, um, But we're going to move on to somebody who I think can write the hell out of Batman. And that is freaking Tom motherfucking King. Because we got 85. This is the end of his main Batman title run. And I love the fuck out of this book. <laughs> and i sorry about the language. But I reread this today at work. Because uh, we read this. We were literally at work when we got this book on Friday. Yeah. Right? We got yeah. it on Friday. And I, Clay was like, the books came in. I was like, go stay over there, Clay. Go stay in that side of the hallway. Do not come talk to me because I don't need your negative vibes ruining my issue. And um, so I was able to read this thing. And Clay literally, he had to ask me a question about work because I am, I have the knowledge at work. I've been there six years longer than him. He was like, I have a question. I was like, get the hell over there. I was like, I'm not done reading it. (laughs) And he was like, no, no, somebody called. And I was like, oh, do this, whatever. And uh, I thought this was hilarious. I love this book because I've mentioned it many a times on this podcast. 
Tom King is a master of layering shit. In this book, he pulled from stuff that happened over two years ago. So if you are somebody that has been reading this book for a long time, Tom King just filled in every little puzzle piece. And every there were so many Easter eggs in this book. Like at first, I had mentioned this to you. I was like, oh, that, that bartender looks like uh, Elmer Fudd. I, did, I didn't even snap that the place was called Porky's. Yeah. Like I didn't even notice that. And I was like, oh, shit. And I even told Clay, like, I was reading it at the end. I didn't even notice, like, Selena showed up at the end. I was like, oh, shit, Selena showed up at the bar. Like, I was just so excited about reading this book that I didn't catch a lot of little things. So when I read it, reread it today, I was reading through a bunch of things. And it was just so many layers to this book. And, you know, it's the main concept is that we we left off on, you know, Bruce and um, Thomas basically fighting. And it turns out that Selena wasn't ever really under, like, a spell or anything like that because Bruce is on the ground, and he's like, get him. And Selena just starts kicking Thomas Wayne's ass, and she's like, you know, you're really stupid, Thomas, for letting me be with the most powerful weapon and the one person that can't be controlled by the most powerful weapon. Except, I mean, unless with Scarface. And she, we find out that the ace up Batman's sleeve was that he was able to control Wesker which is the ventriloquist, uh, by having by hiding Scarface this whole time. And so he had, Selena had like the eyeball of Scarface. And any little piece of Scarface can talk in in the ventriloquist's mind. And so like you hear like Scarface for a little bit, like, ah oh, hey man, like, you know, just like come get me, you, you weasel, or whatever he calls him. Like he talks in that very like Italian, like mobster accent. And like that was really cool. But then, like, we're – this is going between – like, it's shifting between, like, er, uh, like past and present. So, like, it's what's happening between the fight between Batman and Thomas is going on. But then it's, like, jumping to the future of, like, post-Alfred, how the family's doing, stuff like that. And we're seeing Bruce in a bar with Kite Man. Now, it's Kite Man without his costume. They're just – he's in a bar. And this is the Porky's bar that I had mentioned. The guy looks like Elmer Fudd. If you guys have no idea what we're talking about, Tom King won an Eisner for this story called Elmer Fudd. WB owns the Looney Tunes franchise. So they do these random crossovers of, like, the Joker meets uh, like and they're usually they're, they're usually put inside of annual weeks. And what an annual week yeah. is, we've already talked about, is just that random fifth week or a random, you know, extra week in the month where yeah. DC doesn't really want to put all of their heavy hitters in there, so they'll throw in a random story, which is usually yeah. the uh, Looney Tune DC crossovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they usually have a very cartoony cover, but the story is that character in the real world. Now, it could be like Daffy Duck as a person that seems like Daffy Duck, and that's what kind of happened with Tom King's run. It was Elmer Fudd chasing after somebody that he thought killed his girl. And uh, the girl actually turned out to be Silver St. Cloud, and she was kind of playing Elmer Fudd or something like that. And, of course, Bruce has a, you know, a uh, history with Silver St. Cloud. So that was really cool. So they're in this Porky's bar. Immediately, I love this because Tom King had always joked, like, everybody's like, how are you going to end Batman? How are you going to end Batman? He's like, if I could end Batman in any way, I'd end it with Bruce having a beer with Kite Man at the end. And he fucking did it. And I, when I saw this, I commented on his Instagram. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You actually did it. But he did it in such a way that it wasn't just like this cheesy, like, hey, bro, hey, bro, beer time. Like, it was actually a good conversation about, you know, Kite Man's bleak view on the world 
and Batman's hopeful view, which was this whole yeah, which and like, you know I made this comment when we first read the book, um, after yeah. Juice scolded me, of uh, yes, I will <laughs> uh, every time. But uh, you know we we talked about this, and this was actually the small little nitpick that I had, and it's it's a nitpick that I have in every book that does it. Whenever a book is a little too meta and is like, hey, we're gonna tell you the life lesson that our main character had in some sort of meta way. And that's basically the, the discussion that Kite Man and Bruce are having. You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the things that Bruce is saying all in these panels with Kite Man in Porky's is his experience from basically when Bane showed his hand in saying, hey, I'm going to break you and I know who, you know, yeah. what your plans are and I know you're Batman. Ever since I am Bane in the very beginning of this series till now, you know, in City of Bane, you know, Bruce talks yeah. about, you know, how broken he was and how, you know, and of course, he's not telling this to Kite Man. He's saying it metaphorically through the uh, yeah. through the Knights, Gotham Knights game. Football player. Yeah. And so he's saying, you know, uh, you know, through all of this stuff, I found a little bit of hope and light and was able to move forward with my life and, you know, things like that. And so yeah. it's very meta for me. And I'm just like, ah, it, it, it just hits that one tick of mine that I'm just like, yeah, yeah and I get that. Overall, I, get that. I do agree with Juice. This was a very good story. Of course, my boy freaking Yannon is on this book. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail Janin uh, or Yannon, sorry. Yeah. Um, he does a great Batman, I believe, throughout this entire run. He is my favorite Batman of this in, uh, artist of this entire run. And so to end on him. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. I, I think so. You know, there has been a lot of artists on this run. Of course, in the very, mm-hmm. very beginning, I believe we had Finch. Yeah, Finch was awesome. Finch, Finch, Finch is, is like, like a god. I'm sorry. Finch is just yeah. one of those legendary artists. But Yannin was, you know, not super popular in my mind. And I didn't yeah. really see him as much of an artist as far as, like, m- my opinion was concerned. Because I didn't really see a whole lot of his work. But when I saw him yeah. draw Batman, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah. You know? And so... Yeah, now the art in this book is amazing. So seeing him at the end here, I think is, you know, is very awesome because after Finch, Ganon did jump on. And so it's almost like mm-hmm. a bookend because I believe Finch has been, a, like, really, really, really uh, consumed in his Marvel work at the moment. So he wasn't able to come and help Tom with the yeah. bookend here. But I think Ganon was a really good, you know, yeah. uh, 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 add-in. And so... You know, some of my favorite panels in this book were when Batman was talking to Gotham Girl. We finally see the resolution of that story, you know. And yeah. although, you know, the the story that she told in the very beginning about how they were going to bury the bat and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and go to Bruce's funeral, of course, that never came true. But we actually yeah. see, you know, Gotham Girl become well in the sense of, Batman got rid of her sickness with the one, yeah. and I will give you, I, I will tell Juice right now, the Secret Files was almost in mm-hmm. my list. A little hint for, you know, the very next episode. Oh, really? But, but that, was, that, that was in December of last year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I looked it up and I was like, dang yeah. it, I can't put it in there. But yeah. this uh, this Platinum Kryptonite is a mm-hmm. uh, a... a you know, the different types of kryptonite are different radiations of kryptonite. 
you know, give, you know, give off a certain, you know, power or the lack of power to a Kryptonian or to anyone Mm -hmm. because this platinum kryptonite was basically said whoever held it or crushed it. We still don't know. That's one of the pet peeves that we have in this one thing uh, is they would get the powers of a Kryptonian, which was basically the powers Mm -hmm. that Gotham Girl already had. So she uses the platinum kryptonite. She is, in my mind, now basically a Kryptonian. Yeah. She's basically yeah, a Supergirl. Yeah, she is basically a new Supergirl. So I would not yeah. be surprised if we see more of her in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be really cool. That is something that I said is something Tom King. And that's the thing about Tom King. I love that he wrote these little stories that a majority of his fans probably didn't read because a lot of people might have not picked up Secret Files. Because they're like, oh, that's just something whatever. It's not all Tom King or it's not all whatever. But he wrote this little story in there. And all it was was, you know, Superman talking to Bruce. And he was like, hey, you know, you need this. Like, I mean, like you should take this because, like, nobody deserves it more than you. You know what I mean? Like, just use this once. All your pain will go away. You'll be like me. And that story ended with Bruce contemplating, like, maybe I should take this. Maybe I should become like this. But he asked Alfred. He was like, am I good enough? Like, because he doesn't want to do that. You know, that. and I think like, more of it came from, because we got that whole story in the very beginning of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl. We saw yeah. the destruction that Gotham had, that Gotham did to Gotham yeah. and to the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I think most of that questioning was, is that going to be me? Am I going to be so yeah. obsessed with this power and be, you know, protecting Gotham? that you know i end up destroying it and i'm really really glad that tom king pulled that and was able to give resolution to a girl in this story that got the fucking like she got the short end end of the stick in every progressive way in this story you know you saw Mm -hmm. a little bit of hope in every single time that she got here you know was was brought up in the story and then either batman or Bane brought yeah. it all down. So I'm really glad yeah. that she got her resolution in this story. Yeah, so that would be really cool to see. Um, but, you know, I hope they use her in the future. I would definitely use her if I get to write for DC because I think she's a cool character. And if you keep her in Gotham or take her to Bloodhaven or somewhere else, because Bloodhaven could use her right now because <laughs> they don't have freaking somebody. But, uh, you well, know, I think so it would be really cool to see something with her. Uh, then, you know, the story goes to Batman actually talking to what we assume is Thomas Wayne. I'm pretty sure we can do this in like a very Hannibal Lecter type yeah. mask, which is really cool. And he's telling he's basically telling me, he's like, you know, what? I still talk to them. And he's referring to his parents and he asks them, like, if they're proud of me. And so, like, we have this cool thing and, and we see basically the future of Thomas Wayne throughout this book, which is really awesome. We get this nice scene of Bruce talking to Alfred, talking about how he made tea today and he made some freaking cucumber sandwiches, which is an ongoing thing that happens in Batman. It's basically Alf- what Alfred always makes for Bruce. Um, and then we see a lot of Batman and Selina happening in this book, which I'm a sucker for fucking Batcat shit, which I love this. They talk about being on the beach. They talk about, like, should we get married? And they're running through rooftops and stuff like this. And then they say, I love you to each other. That goes back to the present day of, you know, Thomas has actually pulled the fast one on Batman and he has a gun to his head now. And um, I thought that was really cool. He's like, you know what? I'm so glad, like, you are my son because, you know, Wayne's, you know, what do Wayne's do? They rise. I thought that was kind of a cool 
like little motif because that has been said throughout the story as well. So that was paying off there. And but then um, right after that, because like we said, the story is kind of jumping all over the place as far as timeline yeah, wise. You know, after that mm-hmm. conversation with with Thomas, Batman says, you know, I choose to be Batman because of my yeah. life and what we do. And I just want you to know, I need you to know, and I need you to understand. He fucking just socks him right in the face. He says, yeah. you are not my father. Yeah. Boom. Which is something Clay said he wanted to happen in the story, and he got it. That's the first thing I said. I was like, you said it. See, I told you you did it. You know, and, and, <laughs> it was just and so funny. I, you know, the one thing that I made the joke, you know, before, you know, back when Alfred mm-hmm. da- died, Alfred was his father. You know, uh, what, what's, the, the, what's yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy quote? You know, he may have been uh, your father, oh, your daddy, but yeah. he ain't your daddy. And so, yeah. so, you know, this is basically that. And I just like, in a less funny way, in a more serious way. And, you know. I yeah. really enjoyed it because the one thing that I wanted to get through everyone's head that was reading this story mm-hmm. is this is, you know, Bruce in Thomas's life is dead. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. And one thing mm-hmm. that I just wanted to, you know, this will probably tick you off because I went back to 84 and I kind of dissected it, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh-huh. Why in the world? Because you know, Bruce uh, Thomas was so obsessed with like Batman not choosing this life and how it would be horrible yeah. for him. But all the things mm-hmm. that Thomas saw while he was watching over them were all good things, mm-hmm. like the date, yeah. the proposal, like like all the things that he was watching were good things that were happening. Yeah. And so I was just mm-hmm. like, how hard would it have been for Thomas just to walk up to Batman and be like, you know, I see your life is actually pretty good, so. uh I just wanted you to know that I'm here, and uh, if you need yeah. me, then you you have me, you know. But <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. there wouldn't be a story. But it would have been that simple. Yeah. And and I just love that we got the acknowledgement. Okay, this is not mm-hmm. Bruce's father. This is not Bruce's Thomas. And so yeah. that needed to be severed for readers and to say, hey, this is not the Thomas that we should be used to. This is not the Thomas that we need to look up to, because. You know, recently in a lot of different stories as well, you know, Thomas has kind of gotten his name, you know, kind of muddied. And yeah. so yeah, yeah, for sure. having a story like this kind of washes that a little bit. And so I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, so that was really cool. It actually ends up with Bane actually breaking Thomas's back. So he doesn't necessarily die. He says, die Batman, and he breaks his back. So that happens later. It's Bane basically getting his retribution because he just got shot in the yeah. head. And it shows like he's still like covered up in bandages. So we see that happen. Doesn't show Thomas die. It just shows yeah, his back which is we broken, made so. the we made the yeah. assumption that we will probably see him in the future. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. so which you know I don't think DC wants to kill a very popular character like that because people do love Flashpoint Batman. Yeah. Um. So there's that happening. We do get kind of this thing which I actually really enjoyed, and you know I think Clay was the one that said that there might be issues with this. But Bruce and Selina are, like, laying together in bed. It's nighttime or whatever. And they talk about, like, oh, we forgot something. And they were supposed to go meet the judge that's drunk at 4 in the morning to get this, like, wedding vows done. And they're like, you know what? We dress up like animals and beat up people because we believe in something bigger than the law. Like, we're higher than the law. Why do we have to do that to be married? You know what I mean? And it says, like, we're done. Like, basically, we are married. And it shows Selena wearing her wedding ring. And so you can just assume that Batman, Catwoman are officially married. It's just not through law. They don't even worry about the laws. So 
Fuck yeah. And like, the one thing care. that I said at, uh, at our job was I feel like there are some fans that were so excited about the actual wedding issue to see them, you know, get all dressed up and have the proposal and everything else to make everything official. Uh, yeah. And so they were really excited about that. And now for Tom King and DC to basically say, ah, you know, they're they're basically yeah. married anyway, so let's just say it. I think there's some people yeah. that might have that nitpick of saying, well, I want it to be in writing. I want the certificate. Yeah. I want everything, you know? And so yeah, for sure. I, I feel like for people who are traditional like that, it, it might be a pet peeve. I understand it because, you know, in today's society, there's a ton of people that don't get married but actually live together. And technically, if you live yeah. together for a certain amount of months, you can legally law, blah, become – uh, like legally married without actually getting married or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked at, in, into it all that much. Yeah. Um, you know, it has to deal with all the legality and like taxes shit and all that stuff. But, you know, yeah. I, I still think it's a smooth way for Tom King to move towards his story without necessarily getting DC's panties up in a wad with Batman actually getting married. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that was really cool. Uh, there was this nice little panel that I saw. I didn't really pay attention to in the last one. I thought it was just a panel of the house because that's where they're at. Uh, I had a cat and a bat um, looking at each other, which was really cool if you look at the panel. Um, so I thought that was really nice. And then, of course, we get the uh, resolution. Like I said, Bane breaks uh, Batman's back. We get to see the uh, kryptonite stuff happen with what's-her-name. And then it goes and it ends with Batman talking to Kite Man. There's like it's it, I don't know if any of you guys that are listening to this podcast or gals uh, are sports fans, but you know when the sports game is going down to the wire, it gets really intense. If somebody's on the goal line, you know, they're about to score a touchdown, it gets really intense. And so that's what's happening in the background, and they're basically having this conversation, and it's kind of like that meta thing that you know Clay talked about, where he's like, you know, Kite Man thinks this this quarterback sucks, and Tom King has made it known, and it's been known in other comic books too. That the Gotham Knights quarterback, who is named Campbell, is terrible. He is awful. They always lose. Everybody's like, "How the hell is this guy still a quarterback?" And uh, you know, he's just he's just a running joke. And Tom King was very adamant about putting him throughout the comic book. And you know, it's basically Bruce is like, you know, Kite Man saying this guy sucks. We're gonna lose. And Bruce is like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's been hit so much he knows how to survive. And then it turns out like. It ends with the classic, like, oh, he drops back, he throws the ball, somebody's wide open, oh, he's jumping for it, and then it just ends in a black panel. Selena has, like, joined Kite Man and Batman at the bar, and it just says, I cannot believe it, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it. So saying, basically, this really shitty quarterback might have just won one of the biggest games for the Gotham Knights. And I thought that was really cool, because I am a football fan, I enjoy that kind of stuff, I've been in that, and I know the excitement of actually having your quarterback win a game like that. So I thought that was really cool. And I think it was just a nice way to put just a little bow on this story. Because Tom King has done something I don't think a writer since freaking, what, Morrison has done? 85 or like that many issues? I don't think anybody else has done that in a really long Yeah, time. I don't think anything has come out of Batman as far as long issue runs uh, like that since post-crisis. Um, so it yeah. might have been Morrison, if not the person before him. Yeah, because I think he still holds the record for writing Batman. I think he wrote it for like eight years or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. Like something insane. 
Now, I don't know if that's like the Batman run and Batman and Robin, which are Batman Incorporated, because I don't know if those were different books, and that's all eight years, yeah. or if he was like the main dude for the longest time. But, um, you know, all in all, you guys are no, you know, it's no surprise. I fucking loved this run. I And the reason why I loved it, I know I've talked to some people that don't like it. I loved it because it was different. It wasn't the same old, I'm Batman, I'm going to kick your ass, like I'm the Dark Knight. He Tom King did something very different, and I think it did really well. He added to the character, opposed to actually just doing the same old, same old, having a classic Joker fight, having a detective story. Like He went above and beyond, and he actually added to the relationship that is Batman and Catwoman. Because for the longest time, they have always been in this weird on-again, off-again relationship where they just hook up on the top of rooftops or whatever, Tom King actually developed that into something that could be because Batman's been really the only person that doesn't have a solid love interest in comics. Like, Aquaman's got Mira, Superman's got Lois Lane, Wonder Woman's got Steve Trevor, Flash has got Iris. Like, everybody has somebody, and Batman's always been like, no, I can't do this. And instead of Tom King just being like, they're married, no, he actually made this huge story revolve around the love and, like, maybe not love that he can receive as Batman. And I thought that was really awesome. And he did a lot of experimental issues. I think we both agreed the court issue was really good. The Mr. Freeze stuff. Oh, yeah, I absolutely when he was actually in court. love that, uh, that art. Yeah, and it was so good. Like, he was questioning, like, Batman's not a god. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you put all this faith in him, but he's not a god. Like, that was just so good. Uh, there was fun issues like Date Night with Superman and Lois Lane. Like, that was a really good issue. And he just had all of these stories that were very different from what you would expect from a Batman story. And I think that's what I enjoyed so much. Tom King wasn't afraid to be different. And I've said it a million times before. I think at when it's all said and done, after his whole run is complete, Tom King will be one of the better-known Batman writers out there because he added something to the history of Batman. For sure, for sure. You know, I, you know, we, you heard a little bit of it when we were talking issues eighty-three and eighty-two. You know, we, you know, both. You know, both of us enjoyed this series, but I wasn't always on board with, you know, the, the you mm. know, I, I told you I jumped on on 50. So that court case yeah. was really the first, like, actual arc that I was able to read. And I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I really enjoyed 1 through 50 after I came back to read the rest. And then, you know, yeah. Tom King almost lost me in the nightmares because it was just like complete chaos and we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But that's what the nightmares were supposed mm -hmm. to do for you. So, you know, I yeah, I will not lie. I was frustrated with some of these stories, but he did pull off a really good ending. I really enjoyed it. I will end up reading Batcat, and I'm really excited to read Tom King in the future. So, you know, we'll see what his uh, Strange Adventures has uh, in store for us and what other projects he might be working on, you know? Yeah, I think it's going to be really awesome. I think my goal for 2020 is to get him on this podcast. I don't know how. I'm going to bribe him somehow. Hey, you like, interviewed him once before. I'm sure you can interview him again. I did. It was it was cringe as hell, and I might bring that up as a joke. I'd be like, look, man, you, I cringily interviewed you once. Let me interview you again on my podcast, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, 2020, we'll get Tom King on Batman News Weekly because 
We don't even have a release date for Batcat yet, so there will definitely be Tom King Batman stories in the future that we'll be able to talk about here on Batman. He's supposed to be doing something with the button, too, that we still don't even know what that is. So, you know, there's still going to be a lot of Tom King Batman out there, and I think it's going to be some good stuff. But moving on from one of the greatest Batman writers of all time, uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and talk about Joker Killer Smile, which is by Jeff Lemire, and uh, it is drawn by Adrian Sorrentino? Yes. And Jordi Belair. I don't know what Jordi does. Jordi Belair, I believe he is the... uh, Shit, I just had it up. Hold on. Let me see if uh, you keep talking. But um, So while while he looks that up, Joker Killer Smile is a book we have talked about here. It's on the black label. um, And it is the story of... This one is very similar to Harleen we were mentioning before. Because it's another therapist or psychiatrist trying to get through to the Joker. But this one took a little bit more of a turn because it seems like the Joker is fucking with this guy's head. And in this story, it had very Joker vibes. And I'm not talking about like Joker, the character. I'm talking about Joker, movie. the movie. Yeah, it really did. It very hardcore Joker vibes. Uh, Jordi Belair is actually the colorist. Uh, and let me just say, oh, he okay. gets really wonky. Like him and... Uh, yeah. Sorrentino get really crazy in this issue. Um, I absolutely loved it. I just looked it up. Killer Smile is actually three issues, so we will get one more, which is kind of okay. crazy because of the way Weird. the yeah. you know how this book ends. This one ended. it ends almost perfectly to where like I don't want there to be an extra one because yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's so insane. And you can kind of you know keep yeah. this as a two issue story if you really wanted to, but mm-hmm. you know it starts off. Yeah with this psychiatrist that we were talking about you know he's talking about how you know the mind works two different ways you know there uh mm-hmm. there is the you know the crazy mind and then there is what people call uh you know the what people expect to be the norm and you know it yeah. shows the psychiatrist going into this i guess diner called arkham's and it's really cool because it actually yeah. has on the inside of this diner all of the Batman villains either working there or eating there. And uh, really yeah. cool, you know, you see Bane, you see Riddler, you see Harley, you see Ventriloquist, you see the back of Man Bat's head, uh, you see Scarecrow, like you see almost everybody. And yeah. this guy is, you know, kind of just speaking to himself and, you know, we're not really sure how he's really taking everything as far as, you know, his relationship with Joker. You know, you can kind of yeah. tell at this point he's really getting to him because of the conversation that he's having with himself. Yeah, and for those people that don't remember the previous issue, this guy was kind of questioning stuff because his kid was getting these Joker-style books, and he was like, where the hell are you getting this from? And it was stuff Joker was kind of talking to the guy about. So that's where, yeah. like, that's why he's like, Joker's in his head right now. Yeah, and, you know, he sees Joker, and he's like, you shouldn't be here. And he's like, wait, are you sure that I'm not the one that's supposed to be here? And, you know, uh, Harley, you know, serves him his dinner, and he lifts up the lid, and it's the the psychiatrist's head all painted up like the Joker. And he says, uh, enjoy. And so, you know, uh, the psychiatrist wakes up, and it was a bad dream. He sees his wife. He's like, you know what? You know, it's, it's nothing. It's time to wake up anyway. Let's go ahead and get the day started. He's, you know, yeah. making breakfast for his son, uh, Simon. And, you know, Simon's mm-hmm. shoes are downstairs. And before this, you know, Simon says, uh, that's funny. Simon says, 
uh, <laughs> yeah. Simon is, you know, wanting to tell his dad a joke. He's like, hey, you want to hear a joke? He says, why a do, joke, yeah. uh, why do cannibals, uh, why don't cannibals eat clowns? And he says, because they mm-hmm. taste funny. Now, uh, the psychiatrist says that it wasn't a funny joke. I actually laughed. I will be completely honest. Yeah. I laughed. <laughs> nice. Um, but you know, this kid is going downstairs to get his shoes and his dad completely stops him and says, hey, you cannot go down there. Promise me you cannot go down there. That is my office. And there's just yeah. stuff in my office that someone your age it just can't see. Please promise me that. And he says, okay. And so he goes yeah. back to go talk to Joker. And we see a small little mm-hmm. cameo from Two-Face, you know, making a, you know, Two-Face pun. And, yeah. you know, uh, they're, you know going back and forth him and joker about you know joker is you know everybody is fearful of something and Mm -hmm. you know the psychiatrist is hinting at the fact that joker might be scared of batman but yeah you know just in the most joker way is like you know what in all honesty don't tell harley this but batman's my soul Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and he's like you know enough about me and my origin why don't you tell me about your wife, Anna, or Anne, or your yeah. son, Simon? And he flips out. He's like, how do you know their name? I never told you their name. What is going on? And that's when he is pulled out of that room. Because the rule is yeah. you cannot have any contact with the patient or, like, with the glass to provoke them or anything. So, yeah. you know, the guy's like, you know what? Three weeks was not enough. I can't get you know, to the core of who Joker is in three weeks. And the other doctor's mm-hmm. like, three weeks? What are you talking about? It's been, and then it's interrupted, and you don't hear anything. And that's yeah. a very important, because it becomes a really important thing at the very end of the issue. Later on. Yeah. And, you know, we see the uh, psychiatrist, uh, ben- Benjamin, Ben, uh, yeah. he is having dinner with his uh, wife and his son, and he gets a small glimpse of them like being Jokerized, and he freaks out. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I I, I need to Arkham. go back to Arkham. I need to talk to Joker. And before he leaves, his son tells him, "It's better this way. Don't go." And I felt that yeah. was really weird for the son to say. I was like, "What does that have? Like, what do you mean it's better this way?" You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And he goes all the way to Arkham, you know freaking two-face says something again he tells them to shut up and Mm -hmm. he goes to joker he says hey you told you said something about my wife and my son how did you know this i never told you their name and he says Mm -hmm. you know we've been at this for three weeks and i never told you their name he's like three weeks doctor you have been you know pulling at my you know my plugs for three years and the guy's like, no, yeah. you're lying. You're lying. There's no way. There is absolutely no way that we've been doing this for three years. And he's like, we have. And deep down inside, you know, it's true. Mm-hmm. You told me, you know, in the middle of our interview the other day that, you know, yeah. right after your wife left you and took your son. And it actually shows like a yeah. whole two page spread of every instance that we have seen from issue one and issue two was just been talking to himself yeah it's been it was and crazy it's so crazy just the page layout and how they're surrounded by ha-has and like the page yeah. being red 
it was so trippy and i was like oh my gosh this yeah. is so he rushes weird. home he rushes yeah. home nobody's there all the lights are off the only thing that he sees mm-hmm. is the mr smiles book yeah and he goes into the room uh his little office and inside his office yeah. is clown makeup and he freaking just paints his face yeah uh which is the same thing that was in the pill like when he was in the diner it was the same face yeah. paint and the same head and yeah. everything so um yeah it was so that's the big reveal and it guys like the face paint is even like the joker like movie pretty much it's the same kind of face yeah. paint and it's you know if you've seen joker if you haven't yet spoilers uh joker has hallucinations in that movie as well and so like this had gave off super joker vibes when yeah, i read and, it and and the big and thing like, the big thing with the the big talking point of the movie joker was whether or not mm-hmm. anything was real and yeah. when you read this book you're like holy crap nothing was real you know and so yeah. i think it was really really awesome and to be completely honest just the way this book ends if it ended like that it's such a mind fuck yeah. that i'm like dude that's a great series i i love it just like that now i'm i am interested yeah. to see what jeff lemire does for that last issue but i will yeah. say i will be a little disappointed if they throw out a third issue just to throw out a third issue yeah it would suck because yeah it does it does seem like it could i didn't i because i i assume that every black label is three issues so when you were like is it in there i was like i don't know like that would be an interesting ending so i was like that'd be kind of cool um and it's unfortunate that there is a third issue because we have like we will be talking about later on and we have talked about on this thing before um is a lot of last issues fall Mm -hmm. flat and this story has been pretty solid. I don't think the story has been amazingly great. I think it's been good. Because, like, you know, the first issue was good. It had me intrigued. And I think that's what a story should do with the first issue. And the second issue was pretty solid. And so um, I, I'm really enjoying the story. But, yeah, I, I don't see – I hope he's not, like, double dreaming or double hallucinating. You know oh. what I mean? Like, that's the yeah, kind of crap yeah. I hate. Um but, I mean, overall, I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying to see where this finishes at. But, I mean, it, yeah, it could have easily ended on this issue. And I would have been like, oh, crap. What blows my mind, and I know a lot of people are probably going to read the story and be like, he totally bit off Joker. Like, what the hell? Both of these things were more than likely both in production at the same yeah. time. Because comic books do not get made overnight, y'all. Like, you have to do the scripts months in advance because it takes about a month to draw a whole issue. And it might be a little bit longer because some of these black labels are extra pages. So if you imagine a 20-page comic book takes a month, if you like, if it's like 40 pages, that's two months to draw this thing. And these month, these books are bi-weekly, or bi-monthly, I should say. So they don't come out, right? Are these all bi-monthly? Yes, they're, or all, they're month- all bi-monthly. Yeah. So it's every yeah, other. So, so that's about two months that these artists are drawing this. So you got to imagine this is book two, so that was – We'd have to say this was done like six to eight months ago. So the movie hadn't even came out yet. And I I doubt Jeff Lemire is getting the Joker scripts, you know what I mean, to watch these movies. So uh, it's, you know, it is that idea of a lot of people have parallel thinking. Like a lot of people are thinking the same ideas out there, but they're just producing them in different ways or whatever. But this was very, very Joker if you read this book. Highly suggest picking it up. Thought it was good. But we're going to move on to another Black Label and another finale which is very interesting. Um, 
I will say I don't think this fell flat, to be honest. So, because I know we're talking about this. A lot of people were about to talk about Harleen. I personally don't think this book fell flat. Although, I told this to Clay. I texted it to him that I felt like I shouldn't have been reading this book at work. Because I've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast that uh, this is like a fanfic almost. And it's uh, it's drawn like a fanfic. It comes off like that. And a Joker and Harley get a little intimate in this book. So I was just like, oh, turn the page, turn the page, because I'm at work. Like, I don't want somebody to just walk by me, and I'm just like, oh, crap. Um, but the story, it ended last issue with Harley and Joker pretty much, like, he hugged her, I believe, in the last issue. And so, like, that was, like, blowing her mind. And uh, going forward, she's basically going to start playing his game. And by that, she turns off the cameras and she like unloosens his like a uh, straight jacket and stuff like that. And they start having these like one on one like therapy sessions. And that's a majority of the book. And she starts you see her start falling in love with him and they start getting intimate. And like she's covering for him when like uh, the, you know, the security guard runs in the room and she like puts on his jacket real quick and stuff like that. And it's just like this. You, you can see her becoming Harley Quinn. And um, throughout the story, too, we have this, like, two-face because Harvey Dent got the acid thrown in his face the last issue. So he's actually become Harvey Dent in this one. He is, or I should say he's become two-face. And we see a lot of that happening in this. Uh, it turns out the executioners, which are the cops that are killing people, uh, go to two-face. And they're saying, and they're like, hey, you need henchmen. You make them guilty and we'll kill them. Like, we'll be the executioner. So I thought that was a really cool element in this book. That that's kind of how he got his henchmen. And um, Harvey Dent's like, you know what? We need to do something crazy to make Gotham a better place. We need to institute the death penalty. So his idea to do this is like, we need to have something crazy happen. So they release, he flips his coin. To, he's like, we're either going to release everybody from Blackgate or we're going to release everybody from Arkham. Because he thinks all those people will go out and kill people. And then he'll be able to tell like Gotham City, like we need the death penalty because these people are monsters. So Two-Face has this idea to still try to pass, like, laws and judgment on people because he is a district attorney. And so, like, these executioner dudes are all about it. The coin lands on uh, on Arkham, so they go and break out all of these inmates from Arkham. And um, this is already post-Harley uh, trying to, like, you know, she's already, like, slept with Joker at this point or whatever. And she's going to work the night shift, and she's, like, really excited to go see Joker. Um... And the interesting thing is, is these guys break in before Harley gets there. There was an instance where Batman actually was questioning Joker and Harley got super pissed. She was like, you can't talk to my patients like that and blah, blah, blah. And um, he's just like, he says like this, this quote of like, you know, if you stay in the abyss too long and then Harley like finishes it, she was like, you'll never know when to climb out or something like that. And so it's just saying like, if you spend too much time with the Joker, you know, you're going to fall into his trap. And, of course, at this point, she's, she's like, over it. Like, she's, she's like, I don't care. Like, I love him. It's whatever. She's not saying that, but you just tell from the character. And, um, well, these guys go in to break out everybody in, you know, freaking Arkham Asylum. They bring fertilizer for Ivy. So Ivy, like, gets super powered, and she's able to break everybody out and stuff like that. Uh, and they go to – this part was hilarious because joke, they let Joker out. And then he's all like, oh, are we supposed to work for you? And he's like, nah, man, do whatever the hell you want to do. We're just following orders. And they let out Killer Croc. 
And when Killer Croc comes out, Joker's all like, hey, guys, these guys are here to kill us. And Killer Croc's like, what? And he just, like, eats one of them, like, immediately. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then then uh, I think it's, like, Mr. Freeze or somebody stabs another one of the guys. So they just basically kill all the executioners. And they start taking over Arkham Asylum. So it's, like, this huge prison break. And, um, you know, Gordon's there. Batman's inside fighting, like, Bane or somebody. And uh, Harley ends up pulling up because she was going to have a little nightcap with Joker because she was going to work the night shift. And uh, she gets there. Arkham Asylum's like all crazy. And she's like, what's going on, Commissioner Gordon? And she's like, it's a prison break, blah, blah, blah. And she ends up running inside to go save Mr. J. And uh, when she goes in there, she's like dodging people. Uh, Killer Croc's about to eat her. And then Ivy saves her life. So it kind of hints at that relationship between Ivy and uh, Harley Quinn, which is really cool. And she's like, she's like, I'm on, like, I'm saving you because you're the only person that really cared. And she was like, and she tells her this cool, like, really, like, interesting quote that plays plays on later in the in the story. Um, she's like, you know, it's time to go. And she's like, no, I gotta, I gotta help people here. And she's like, look, you're either gonna like, it's basically saying like, if you don't leave now, you're gonna become one of us. Is pretty much what she's saying. And I thought it was, of course, the book says it a little bit more elegantly. And Ivy like dips out. She like breaks through the wall and goes out of goes into Gotham City. And so Harley's still looking around for, um, you know, Mr. J. And she comes across Two-Face. And if you guys don't remember, in the last issue, her and Two-Face actually had a big problem. Because Two-Face didn't want her to continue her research because he didn't think that these people deserved to be, you know, alive or whatever. He think they deserved to be locked up. And so uh, they're at, at butting heads. And so Two-Face is like, oh, it's Miss Quinzel. And so he's basically about to kill her. And then Joker saves up. Joker shows up to pretty much save him. And, of course, he's very Joker. And he's all like, oh, hey, Harvey. Like, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he has a brick. And, like, Two-Face is like, I'm going to shoot you. Like, I'll shoot you. He's like, go ahead. Like, it doesn't matter to me. And, of course, because Joker's not afraid of anything. And so he ends up beating up Harvey. Uh, like, he just makes him, like, super bloody and stuff. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. It's just I'm going to make your other half better. Is like he just makes like a joke like that, which is pretty awesome. And uh, Harley Quinn actually stops him, and she's like, "No, no, no! Like you got to stop this. You got to turn yourself in because I can say that you actually saved my life, and I can get you a shorter sentence." And blah blah. blah. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I'm not gonna do that." He's like, "Look, it was fun while we were doing this or whatever." Basically saying like this is not gonna work, or you know, kind of. Um, and I'm getting a little like uh, fuzzy on because I had read this really quickly earlier today but i believe two-face is about to shoot her no 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 no. two-face is out he's got his ass kicked it's but, uh, uh, mr the, bronson the prison guard yeah. yeah yeah so he's the prison guard that harley's been talking about too he shows up and he's all like get away from him and he instantly shoots joker and she's like no, no no don't do this don't do this he's like no no i've lost too many friends to this guy like he needs to be put down and she ends up picking up harvey dent's gun and she's like no you don't do this and she ends up shooting him through the head. And she was just going to try to shoot him, like, but she got like she said she couldn't, like, she was nervous. She was, couldn't hold the gun. The kickback shoots upward, and it goes right through this guy's head, and she murders this security guard. And so that's, like, the what-the-fuck moment of this. Like, oh, my God, Harley Quinn just murdered somebody. And she's, like, freaking out, but then she starts laughing about it. And she plays back to that idea of, like, you know, ivy saying like hey you're gonna get out of, you gotta get out of here you know now or whatever and she plays that back in her head and then she just starts laughing like it's all a joke like it's just all this big joke like she basically became the person that she 
thought she was trying to help or whatever. And, uh, you know, that, so Joker starts laughing with her. So they're both laughing together and she admits that she's going to be his like little Harlequin. And, um, so that's pretty insane. And then it kind of just jumps to, I believe they both kind it's of escape. three weeks or, later no, no, no. after that. Yeah. Three weeks later, Batman is looking at, uh, like the fight, the footage of what happened. And it's like this footage of them kissing each other. And uh, he finds out that Joker actually had all of Harley Quinn's freaking files, or Harley Quinzel's files, and he was just pretending to be this perfect patient she needed to make her case study work. So he was playing her the whole time. He never gave a fuck about her. He was just playing so he could use her to get out of Arkham. And she doesn't know this, but Batman knows it, and he feels bad. He's like, you know, Wayne funded all of this and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's my fault. Of course, Alfred being the, uh, you know, moral compass there. He's like, no, you can't blame yourself here. Like, um, Joker's just like, you know, he's a manipulator, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she makes her own choices. And, uh, you know, he's like, you got to be that beacon of light, though. If she's in the darkness, you have to be that beacon of light to bring her back. And it cuts to this really cool shot of the bat signal in the air and Harley Quinn in her outfit and her jester outfit and it looks pretty awesome i like this take on the jester outfit and she's just kind of talking about like she still and i think this is what i loved about the book it ends with her thinking she can still help the joker yes and that's always been looks so awesome because it shows that harley like uh Mm -hmm. like harleen the character that we have been following is still stuck inside this Harley Quinn and you see it through the mirrors and that visual just looks awesome. Now I hope this doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go for like a Harleen season two or whatever. Yeah, Um, I hope not. Because let me just remind everybody with this last page, we were at 61 pages. Yeah. And then every book, Prior to this, so the first two issues have been 50 pages plus. Yeah. So we are looking at this is gonna be a over, big book. That's a hundred, a hundred and sixty pages. pages, more than mm-hmm. that. And so, like, yeah. you're just thinking, like, oh man, what is this like trade gonna look like? I'm probably gonna buy the trade, um, because yeah, sure. I Same. didn't buy this last issue. I have the first two, I think, or maybe even just the first issue. Um, but I will buy this trade so that way I can read it all the way through, but I will save that Mm -hmm. read for like a road trip or a, or a flight. Um, it's not something that I'm voluntarily going to be like, okay, I'm going to spend the next four hours reading this 160 page story. Um, yeah, it's not, I will say owning the actual thing. Cause we've read the first two digitally. It goes faster if you actually have the physical cool. copy. Cool. Um, good to know. I will say that. Um, yeah. And it was a really good story. I don't think it fell flat. I think although this was more, I f- said it felt like a fanfic. I felt like they kept the essence of Harley Quinn, this whole story. And it was a different take. We were really seeing more of Harley Quinzel, but we saw the idea of her falling in love with the Joker. He didn't change the Joker to being like, oh, I love you too. No, it was Joker was manipulating her this whole freaking time, which is what he's always done. And it's why so many people loved when she finally got away from Joker in the actual comic series. 
So I think this is really awesome. I'm always somebody, now granted these are not continuity, but if somebody wanted to say this was continuity for Harley, I'd be totally down with it. Now, does this like, change yeah. your idea of Stepan Sajic at all? As a storyteller or as an artist? Um, well, you know what? Because he hasn't really told a lot of stories outside of his uh, indie stuff, what do you think yeah. of him as a story writer? I think he's pretty good. I would love to see what he can do in like 40 pages, Yeah, you know, a little shorter, um, because I think there is definitely some stuff you could take out of this book and it would still be just as good in my uh -huh. opinion. But, um, you know, maybe if it was set over five pages at a smaller page count, I might have enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a solid freaking story. I would buy I would buy more of his stuff as well. I, I feel say. like um, honestly, as a artist first, because I think he is more of an artist because that's where he started. Mm -hmm. I think he had a lot of visuals that he wanted to show and then filled in story yeah. to meet that visual. That's probably yeah, how he wrote sure. this story. But in all honesty, it really worked out. Um, I still need to read this last issue. I did go along with yeah. you the entire time you were talking about it. I love his art. Like I absolutely said this at the yeah. very beginning of the series. I love that last splash page to end this story. And that story that yeah. you were talking about with the bat symbol at the very uh, on basically mm -hmm. i don't know if that's the actual symbol or the signal or the moon yeah. because she says the moon is full mm -hmm. again um, yeah but it you know that four years later just panel or page looks really really good um i love how he drew killer croc and put that splash page of poison ivy when she like gets powered up yeah. looks absolutely did awesome. you notice remember you were saying if he was hinting something when he was said he was i was just uh -huh. sketching that could be from yeah. this he could be doing an Ivy. I would totally like, that would be interesting. go for it, man. That looks so good. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say is he is more of an adult drawer. <laughs> yes, he is. So I would be interesting to see what he would have actually done with this book. Um, I, granted, I'm not like I'm not a huge fan of that. I do enjoy that in the stories, yeah. but like I don't need it to be overly done. So it would have been interesting. He does do a few panels of this. It's not anything too risque. But um, it would have been interesting to see how he would have incorporated that. Because like it, he does that a yeah. lot. So it would have been interesting to see where he would have took that story. But uh, we're going to go on to the last story of the day. And it is the another finale that is ending on Black Label. And this is from freaking Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Which is a great, fantastic team. They, are, they dominate the sales charts when they're working together. And this is Batman last night on earth book three. If you guys don't remember what happened in book two, uh, we found out basically kind of the history of what was going on in the new world. We found out that Superman's been dead and there was like these clones and as stuff. well as Alfred dying. Yeah. Alfred died. Uh, we found out that, you know, Dick Grayson, Barbara, and a lot of them are still alive, but they're known as the owls now. And um, yeah, those and we were still finding out who was this mystery person that was in this suit. And I told Clay that because uh, we do get that reveal in this book because the book has officially ended. I told him that I was like, man, this is Scott Snyder. A lot of people were saying that this is his final Batman book and he's tying everything together from all of his stuff. And I was like, man, I swear to God, if it's Lincoln March, who was the leader of the Court of Owls in his Court of Owls run, I was like, I'm going to be kind of mad. After reading this book, I would have preferred Lincoln fucking March. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And, I absolutely yeah. knew you were going to say that. So, like, 
let's it's go crazy. ahead and so jump whatever. into this. You know, the the very first yeah, page yeah. or the first two pages is actually well, three pages. Holy crap! Is actually a flashback with uh, yeah. Bruce. I think it's the original Bruce because remember, yeah, yeah. story this whole story of this new world, this future world, is actually in the. Uh, it's all started with this story that started the first issue with that little kid that shot bruce wayne yeah. we found out that it was joe chill's kid and you know mm-hmm. he went to joe chill's apartment that blew on fire and we are finally getting a little bit of a conclusion to that so that yeah. bruce wayne is talking to gordon about the entire thing and in this instance on that night the old bat signal had gone out and you know you know yeah. bruce was kind of getting this as a metaphor of like you know is is does that mean my time is up kind of thing or am i not good enough to be the bat anymore and and gordon's like reassuring like no we we just need a new bat signal you know one that will burn brighter and you know it'll be better and all this stuff and so he lights the signal and right before you actually see anything it jumps forward in time bruce is in the new cave the owl cave or the owl's nest or whatever Mm -hmm. they call it and we see gordon he is an old hippie guy like like long yeah. hair super smoking uh, long hair ponytail yeah. we see barbara in a badass like pixie cut that i like i love yeah. her outfit for that um we see uh dick grayson in the talon suit and you know we get to see duke thomas as well you know yeah. i didn't think we were going to see him in the story but you did say this is the basically tying all of snyder's run together and we see yeah that barbara has a daughter and i'm pretty sure it's with dick grayson i'm pretty sure yeah yeah. they they say it later in the book that she's like father and you know uh they're explaining how you know there was this whole grand plan to get rid of this new batman this omega or whatever his name was and that it didn't go so well and the one person Mm -hmm. that brought everybody together was tim drake and I think this is the small hint of Snyder's side of who the best bet, uh, Robin is. To have mm-hmm. Tim Drake bring everybody together, not only is that the character of Tim Drake, but I just think that was kind of Snyder's way of saying, hey, I think that this Robin would be the person to do that, you know, considering yeah. everybody, how everybody else is. And mm-hmm. Bruce is saying, well, if that's how things have been right now, this is the perfect time to attack, you know? With how things are going, yeah. he will least expect it at this point. And we are learning, I believe here, that... Is it here that we kind of learn the reveal, but not really? Uh, kind of. Not too much. I mean, well, when... At what point? When they go meet No, no, Selena? no, because he, he says that this person is calculating like me. He... he, he He's like, okay, well, if this person is just like me, if he is another Batman out there, then he knows what I know. And what I know is that this is the best time to attack. And, you know, he is looking at all of his, you know, fallen partners, and he sees Mm -hmm. the costume of Damien. And Barbara says, oh, he fell the same day you did. Yeah, when you open the doors. And this, I think this is really cool. And I think this confirms it. If anybody is reading the continuity Justice League right now, 
I believe this is mm-hmm. the alternative world of how Legion of Doom or the the year of the villain Legion of Doom went. Yeah. So all those mm-hmm. people that were at the Hall of Justice, I believe if there was an alternative timeline world, this is what it would have been. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can see and that. And so, you know, we get a little back and forth between Diana and Barbara and their daughter. Uh, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't remember it either. Bryce. Bryce. It's Bryce. You know, Bryce yeah. is really getting this, like, Batman is here. I think we can do it. He has a good plan. Yeah. And then even Barbara's like, this dude brought the Joker. Like, do you really think he is yeah. our Batman? And and he mm-hmm. and Bruce is like, hey, he is on our side. <laughs> and Joker's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I'm 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 good now. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm on you yeah. guys' side. And but he's like, to be honest, I will backstab <laughs> yeah. you later. But and it, granted, it this is just a head of Joker, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. He has yeah, no, he has arms, no right? arms, legs, body, or yeah. anything. It's just yeah. it's just the head, which has been a really good yeah. point of comic relief. Um, I always thought it was a little weird, the relationship, but because of how wacky the story Mm -hmm. is, it does make a little sense. So, you know, they are finally saying, you know what, let's go ahead and do it. And Gordon even says, you know what, screw it, let's do it. Who wants to live forever anyway? Yeah, yeah. and so that jumps over to them going to see Selina, which if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the first time that Snyder has ever used Selina in a story. Really? When else? I believe that the last time I believe the last time that Snyder wrote anything with Catwoman or Selina was the Eternal. Uh-huh. Batman Eternal. Or Batman and Robin Eternal. One of the two. I forget because, he was on that. Because uh, that whole story uh, She was yeah, in there, she, she became like the crime boss of Gotham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was doing a lot of that in her own run, too. So, I guess, yeah. I don't know, but he never once used her in his yeah, main no, Batman. Yeah, no, she run. never was a focal point in his actual yeah. Batman run. So, yeah, uh, that was that was well. I think there was one issue that led into Batman Eternal that you saw Maybe. Selina, but she mm-hmm. was not really a big part of that story. Uh, yeah, but so this is the first time, and I and I will be honest, I truly believe this was basically a. Hey, you know what? That Tom King guy has really made Catwoman popular lately. I think we should have yeah. her in this book. It could and be. And so, you know. But it also makes sense to what happens later in the story because a lot of people said she was a traitor for siding with Omega. Gets revealed later. Yeah. We know why. And, you know, sh- she's talking and, you know, uh, Dick Grayson is very hesitant about working with her. And she says, the yeah. whole plan was to turn you guys in. But it was after mm-hmm. you guys attacked. You guys haven't attacked me. You actually knocked on my front door. So technically, I can't go through. I can't go through with the plan. And the really yeah. cool thing is that she hands Diana the real lasso of truth, and like you see the genuine yeah. like, like freak out Aww. that uh, yeah. Diana has. And you know, I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So we have. Uh, the team or i guess team a or team b i forgot what it is but the group that mm-hmm. is going to infiltrate omega's base uh you know go through the rivers of gotham and they're making their way into this building 
we yeah we should point out before the before before they meet uh freaking selena joker asked to get to help and they give him tim drake's armored yeah. body so joker is a robin now which is pretty hilarious and we see that in this coming panels yeah. we uh, of, uh him helping they, out they're everybody. in the sewers or whatever and they're in batman is fighting everybody we get to see i guess a little homage to frank miller's batman uh the yeah, the pose bit, maybe greg capullo's way yeah. of doing it um he is in the sewer he like kind of has his fists in front of him it very much looks like a uh dark knight returns type pose but we yeah. see i don't know who this character is is that um is that uh what is his name brother i it might be uh i'm not too sure hold on let's see if i'm in it the never right. Oh, the one fighting Yeah, it him? never states it. Yeah, I don't know. It very much it looks like be... a Blue Beetle Brother Eye, like Omega thing yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. But he beats the crap out of Batman, and then Batman says, Joker, you know, help me out. And he's like, no, yeah. not Joker, Robin. Robin. And he has freaking <laughs> yeah. Gatling guns strapped. Like, yeah. Not even like, they're, they're, because it's Robin, he's not supposed to have anything mm-hmm. lethal. Uh, you can actually see yeah. that they're like almost taped on uh, if you look closely mm-hmm. and he just like blows yeah. this suit of whatever away and he's like you know what you know I, I, I found this mask and I just decided to put it on me but I should have put it on the glass shouldn't I I, I, I feel like Tim yeah. Drake he would have put it on the glass and I thought that was funny yeah yeah, there. Uh, the funny thing is, is, is he's basically hinting like it's like underwear that he's wearing yeah. on his face because he says like brownish yellow and it was just floating and they're in a sore. Yeah. So like he's wearing like probably yeah. dirty underwear on his but, face. But right you know now. the whole thing about like wearing the underwear on the outside instead of the yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the joke the, he makes. That's the joke. And we see that the other team members, uh, Diana, Dick, uh, Duke, and Barbara, and Bryce. Yeah, they actually have this device to make them look like other members of the Omega Army, uh, so they can walk through, you know, anywhere. And of course, Gordon Mm -hmm. is outside in a truck, you know, surveillancing everything around them. Uh, Yeah, and Bruce and Joker are are going through this, uh, you know, this door, and he's like, "Hey, before you open that thing, I I I just want to ask, like, Mm -hmm. what." what should I say when you open this door? You know, should, should, should I like, yeah. I feel like I should have a really big opening. You know, what, what should I say? Just, just give me a second. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the rest of the team are walking through like the actual villains. You see Clayface, uh, Zaz, Killer Croc, and yeah. uh, 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 Mr. Freeze. They're all trying to get to a certain source of the tower. Or the the signal mm-hmm. that is basically going to help the bat signal that Omega is going to transfer all of the telepathic uh, waves or whatever. Waves, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when Bruce opens the door, <laughs> uh, freaking Joker is like, holy shit, Batman. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, how was that? Was that good? Yeah. Was that good? And Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So they find out that it jumps over to the like this new Batcave basically, and it has every superhero's costume like encapsulated in and something. And supervillain. Basically, he has, 
Yeah, and supervillain. And it's a shrine of basically everybody that Batman has beat. And he has them all in there. He has Superman. He has freaking Joker. He has Manta. He basically beat everybody in the DC Universe. And he has a pelt of freaking, uh, what is her name? Uh, Cheetah, which is insane. Yeah, like she that just has is a, a pelt of her. That's like fucked up. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, he's like, oh, my God, this is a trophy room or whatever. And then he ends up getting caught by Omega. And then we actually get to see that, uh, you know, Martian Manhunter's caught in, like, some kind of orb, that he's the one that's actually controlling everybody's minds. Omega has, like, set him up to be that kind of person. Because we know freaking Martian Manhunter's one of the strongest beings in the DC Universe. So, uh, of course, Batman would learn to use him against everybody. Uh, so Diana's seeing him, trying to talk to him. And then we see Omega capture Batman and puts him in the Mobius chair. And he's freaking re, like, use the Mobius chair to kind of use this power. And I, I kind of read through this pretty fast, but it seems like Omega was going to take Bruce's, he was going to transfer his essence into Bruce, like the younger body, mm-hmm. right? That's what was going to happen here. Uh, Joker actually tries to save Batman, ends up getting his ass kicked by Omega, and Omega stomps on his face. And um, and this is where the re- big reveal happens because, you know, Batman's like, he wasn't doing anything to you. Like, leave him alone. And he's all like, don't worry. Like, he always wanted to die, like, by ba- fighting Batman. And he's like, uh, you know, he's like, Batman, he'd be ashamed of you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I'd have to disagree with you. And we get the reveal that it's actually the real Bruce yeah. Wayne. And this was complete and utter bullshit. Oh yeah, in complete my and utter in my opinion. Like, I'm sorry, we have had the debate on whether actual writers of Batman know Batman, and to a lot yeah. of people, Snyder was the person who knew who Batman was. A lot of people yeah, argued 100%. against Tom King knowing who Batman was. People who are really yeah. diehard fans of Tom King, like yourself, have said, no, Tom King knows mm-hmm. Batman. This right here yeah. really made me question, what in the world is Snyder thinking? Yeah, so before we really jump into that topic, because I think that's the meat and potatoes of this, uh, let's just run through the story real quick. You know, Batman, the real Bruce Wayne has an upper advantage. Basically, it seems like everybody is uh he's just planned it all out he knows everything that was going to happen like he was you meant to come here i meant to trap you blah 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 and joker ends up telling like bruce wayne the clone the newer one he's all like you know like why i created this case so one thing we didn't really uh harp on or one thing we didn't talk about was there was this scene before of bruce talking about how thomas wayne was actually killed the younger um or like operated on Joe Chill's kid. So like there was this whole idea that Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne actually got killed for revenge, not just like some crazy act of violence. Like Joe Chill was mad at a drunk Thomas Wayne for operating on his kid and it like killed him or it messed up his insides or something like that. And so Bruce, it basically made that younger Batman question if his whole crusade was for nothing. Like it was actually for revenge and so, like, it, that's what made him almost not become Batman or, like, stop being Batman or whatever. And it turns out that Joker revealed that he made up all of that. Because the only thing that is Joker's sole purpose, which I think this is something Snyder got right, is Joker's sole purpose is to test Batman at every turn. And he even says, he was like, and if you ever gave up, then you weren't worth it. 
Like, it's something Joker straight up says. So, like, Joker just always wants to push Batman to the limit, and Batman's always there to rise to that limit. So I thought that was really cool. And it turns out, you know, this is the moment where Bruce is like, all right, I fucking got this. And he, uh, you know, he comes back. Everybody starts rallying, fighting against everybody. And then it, it basically goes down to this whole big fight between Omega and Bruce. Like, that's what it leads down to. And um, it comes to the point where, you know, of course, Omega's kicking Bruce's ass. And uh, I think we see Dick Grayson gets killed um, or he gets stabbed or something like that. And it ultimately leads to fucking the new Batman killing the real Bruce Wayne. And I was just like, are you fucking shitting me? Then it jumps to the future and uh, Diana's still there. You know, you still got um, Bruce. There's a lot of other people and a new Clark shows up basically. And that is how the story ends. Because uh, you can go ahead and read this for yourselves. We're kind of pat, you know, kind of rushing this ending a little bit, but that's basically the gist of it. But when I saw freaking the new Batman kill old or the real Bruce Wayne, that is where I called the ultimate bullshit. Like I could, I understand this whole like, oh, it was actually the real Bruce Wayne that is the one. I just thought that was that was shit because I feel like that's very played out. I absolutely hated it when the Flash show did that. That Barry Allen was Zoom or uh, Savitar. I thought that was complete trash, in my yeah. opinion. And then they go ahead and do that here. Granted, that's not a time remnant that stayed beyond or anything like that. This is the real Bruce Wayne. He already we've they, Snyder's has hinted at this clone thing before. Yeah. And one, my thing is, if. He didn't. If if we are gonna go with this idea that Bruce Wayne got beat up, because the reason why he lived was yes, he apparently got really beat up and like uh, destroyed when those doors opened when the world was ending. Um, but he like fought back, and that's where he learned that you know it's all for nothing, or he needs to be like a villain and ruthless or whatever. Like Snyder didn't convey that very well. Like if that's a story you're gonna try to tell, that is one story that is very very hard to tell when it comes to somebody like Batman. Because he is the most determined person in the world that will not break his vow. So you have to show me a really fucking good See, reason. I think what they should have done when he was talking about all this, they should have had Greg mm -hmm. Capullo draw that out. Like literally yes. have the flashback I agree. to see how morbidly these people were after the heroes. Because he says yeah. at one point, like I can't remember like where exactly he says it. Yeah, they like beat they him beat him down. down like I was gonna say they something. they like beat him basically to the point where he would like. And if you look at that reveal where he like takes his mask off, yeah, yeah, he's he has a, a cauliflower ear. If anybody knows what that is, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people who play boxing get it. Um, it's where yeah. basically you beat the crap out of somebody enough in their face and hit their ears enough, their whole head basically yeah. swells up and their ears swell up, and so. Mm -hmm. It's like very deformed ears, basically. So you see all of yeah. you. It basically looks like Bruce Wayne's brain is freaking coming out of his head at the reveal also. Yeah. So like there is a lot of stuff that is just messed up about this Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But to really feel that his purpose for, do, for becoming Omega is legitimate, I feel... That they yeah. should have actually shown those images of him, you know, basically losing all hope yeah. in humanity, because that's what. And you could have, 
Yeah, you could have done that very well because Damien died with him. That's like his only true son. Like, you could have really put that and that's why he did yeah, it. Yeah, for you know sure. I mean? Like, these people could have beat Damien down in front of him, like, to death. And they could yeah. have said, like, you're not and the worth thing this. Is, like, blah, blah, there like, was no limits on this book because it's a black label. He could have definitely done yeah. that. With freaking – now, let me just say, with Harleen being 60 pages, this book mm-hmm. ended with the last page at yeah. 54. Like 50-something, right? You yeah. could have added an extra three pages to explain mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and I just again like okay, I'll, I'll I'll bite the bullet on this right. For some reason, Batman goes bad because a lot of people think he would or Batman should kill or whatever. I I don't ever agree with that idea. Um, but yeah, he didn't you know, convey that at all. Like why he would and, really transfer to being a villain. But see, and that's not completely out of character because we have things yeah. like the Batman who laughs. We have things. Yeah. Like an evil Superman, like in Earth 3. So becoming, mm-hmm. like having a bad Batman is not necessarily, or a bad Bruce Wayne isn't necessarily a stretch. Yeah. But the way he conveyed mm-hmm. it here was complete bullshit. Yeah. And he, he obviously he didn't write all of them, but in Metal, those made sense. Because one, they were in a dark, dark multiverse. Those were the worst versions or the worst nightmares of Batman. And you saw why those characters turned to the dark side. You know, the Thomas Wayne and Martha got killed and blah, 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 this and that. The kid ends up killing Now, I will say, I will say this. Up. If I go back to read Metal and see Omega in the background mm-hmm. somewhere, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, if he is world, I mean, he's no Tom King, but, um, like, <laughs> but, uh, so, but my thing is, is he had him kill. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you are like, and, and this is where it goes down. Like Snyder could be a Frank Miller or he could be a freaking, uh, who else writes Batman really well, but has been like falling off the edges like lately. Like, you know, or Grant Morrison. I think Grant Morrison wrote Batman really well for a while, and then he started falling off. I think Snyder could be doing that. Like, I think some people get so far into the world of Batman, you wrote such a good thing that you're like, I got to top well, it. I got to top all it. In all honesty, I think also, and this could very well be something that Tom King did, um, because this book mm-hmm. was originally supposed to come out three months ago. So mm-hmm. he had all that extra time to rewrite some stuff. In yeah. those three months, do you know what has been talked a lot about on Twitter and online in general? The topic mm-hmm. of does Batman kill? And oh, yeah. if we find out, you know, if the world finds out Batman killed in this book, people are going to wonder why yeah. on both sides. So both sides are going to buy that book. So this yeah. may very well be a cash grab. And you know that, yeah, that is that, would be that is unfortunate but that is something that mm-hmm. tom king knows how to do he knows how to reel in the money that's why we have been seeing oh scott sorry snyder. yeah sorry yeah i was like what are you talking about tom king sorry, sorry. don't you dare scott, scott snyder <laughs> yeah. does know how to play that game yeah. we've been seeing freaking uh batman who laughs for the last like year and a half mm-hmm. so we yeah you know it's something that he's been doing recently so i could see mm-hmm. him very well 
being somebody this to say oh this is a very popular topic this is something that you know yeah is something people debate about on days on end i could possibly have mm-hmm. my ending of this story talked about for a week you know so yeah i, I yeah. can see him doing it because of that yeah and and i do want to make this clear just in case we're not saying at all that scott snyder is a bad writer he is one of the oh, best no. writers in Cause, comic because like you said this whole explanation of joker talking about joe chill mm-hmm. and the waynes and all that yeah that was like like a like brain yeah. exploding moment like oh shit really good that is really good yeah. writing you know when he yeah. is talking about the uh in the very beginning you know when you get to see gordon and batman mm-hmm. that is very nostalgic of the old batman yeah. run and so you see these things and you're like, man, Scott Snyder really knows what he's doing. But you see things like this and you're just like, God, you, yeah. you lost me. And and the world he built here in Last Night was really good. Like this is a really fleshed out world that I thought was really awesome. We got that really good Superman story that they told of the world choosing Doom. Yeah. And we thought that was really cool, you know, and it, it you know, it's like creepily ties into justice league right now which i think is really cool like you said so that is good writing we are not at all saying scott snyder is a bad writer our biggest question is is you know has he forgotten how to write batman just the character of batman not the people around him but batman himself because again scott snyder has been argued as one of the best batman writers out there and I, when I read his run, he's basically what got me into comic books to start, like, actually buying them because I was like, oh, my God, these are so good. Like, I want to start collecting these every week. And so that's when I started reading Batman. But it just kind of blows my mind that it seems like somebody who had one of the best Batman runs in the last few years has, like, gone so far away from the core values of that character and uh to just see him like stab the real bruce wayne through the neck or whatever it just blew my mind because i mean he even in the book the the old bruce wayne like i mean the new bruce wayne says that he is like the scrappy version he is the like i not the idealistic one but the one that will just rush in and try to do things because he believes it's right and that bruce wayne would still never kill like no matter what yeah. And I mean, he was, and he's working with the fucking Joker, who he knows has done some of the most heinous things of all time. So you're gonna give the Joker a chance. You're gonna give the Joker a whole new body with guns that could easily betray you at any turn. But you're gonna end up killing the real Bruce Wayne. Like, you know what I mean? You are a character that freaking captures people and puts them in dungeons below your fucking cave and the Hall of Justice. You know what I mean? So to see him end up killing the real Bruce Wayne and then it goes on to this like happy-go-lucky like, oh yeah, we're redoing the Justice League and the world is coming back to normal, I think is just, it, I think it fell really well. Well, I will say, I will say, and, look uh, at the last page on 60. On mm-hmm. page 60, you see the photo of Robin Joker, Batman, Wonder Woman, yeah. and Baby Clark baby clark look how yeah. fucking terrifying clark is yeah he looks coked he, out he's like, like so terrified he's like out. what the hell am i doing here like what are these people yeah. in costumes like what is going on yeah 
I will say I love that this new future version of Batman is, blue. is yes, <laughs> I fucking love I, that. I saw and that. he had a yellow bat symbol, which was yeah. pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so it was cool to see Duke Thomas actually gets his suit back too. You see, you see, really there's cool. two Batgirls. Oh wow, Barbara might yeah. actually be Batwoman for once. Oh, it's possible. Oh, and uh, Nightwing lived. Uh, so I guess he just got stabbed. Yeah, I think there was like so some sort that. of like antidote because it looked like they were like poisoned or something because like foam was yeah, coming out of yeah, their mouth. Yeah, because he was hit by a scarecrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's unfortunate because I think Scott Snyder is still, again, one of the best writers. I do want to check out his new indie title, uh, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, yeah that's right? what, it's is what it's called. Um, I definitely do want to check that out. And I, and I will continue reading Scott Snyder stuff. This would not turn me off. I just it, it does really blow my mind and it, it is kind of scary at times too you know because we've definitely had this conversation a lot that I do think some people as they get older or maybe if they just written a lot of the same character they get kind of stale or they forget the core values of that character um, but then we see somebody like John Carpenter who is in his 70s write one of the <laughs> best stories of this fucking year uh, which you could hear most than likely more than likely us talking about next week on next oh yeah week no, no 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 because For if you guys don't 100%, 100%. know 100 yeah if you guys don't know next week our podcast is going to be our top 10 batman related stories of the year this is definitely not going to be on my <laughs> top 10 so uh you know you don't have to worry you hear me talking about this again but maybe one of the other stories is i don't know i haven't finished my list yet i'm down to like 20. i i know clay i, I actually his. finished mine relatively quickly i did it within an hour yeah wow yeah okay so i have a few things so like you know this is i've been this has been my life for the last four years or whatever so there's some issues i really got to pick and choose <laughs> and i'm like i don't know do i like this one more than that one uh so i'm definitely going through those issues but uh yeah i you know like i said thanks at the end of this podcast i think there were some really good stories that we got to read harleen surprisingly ended really well i enjoyed that story um i will definitely buy the trade when it does come out um and i'll more than likely buy last night on earth in trade as well uh i don't like the ending i but, think you know, you know what, i, I think i deceased. will i will purchase um this as a trade as well just because i know it probably won't be but being named the last Batman story that yeah. Snyder and Capullo do is kind of a big thing. So I think yeah, having that in my collection is something that I will be you know, proud of owning. And I will say this yeah. had a really good start, a really fleshed out middle, and it kind of fell flat. Yeah. But I did enjoy the world that he built. So I, th I think yeah. it's good to own. But, you know, and maybe that's just a Snyder... Thing because a lot of people said that his Batman run kind of fell flat too with the Gordon Batman, so that yeah. could just be oh, maybe he you, doesn't. Did you, you know, maybe notice, just doesn't know how to end it? Did you notice? I will say a little bit of mm -hmm. a Easter egg here. Um, let me see if I can find it. When the rest of the was him talking about no, his no, age. No. When the no. rest of the team was fighting all of the villains, mm -hmm. I believe it was Nightwing who had his blade or whatever in the mm -hmm. reflection. No, no, sorry. It was Bryce or, or what was her name? Okay. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. And the reflection mm -hmm. of her blade, you see yeah. the uh, villain of the last arc of Snyder's Batman. 
Really? Uh, the uh, the freaking, seed guy, um, Mister. Yeah, uh, Mister. Something. I can't remember his name. Uh, it's not Mister. Smile. I forget his name. Um, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So uh, that's gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen. I Mr. hope you Bloom. enjoyed this almost two, Mister. Bloom. There you go. There you go. Uh, I hope you enjoy this almost two-hour freaking podcast. <laughs> so uh, you can go ahead and thank DC for this because they decided to drop every book in the world. The majority – we got three finales yeah, today, which was insane. We talked about three finales, um, and they were all relatively good. I mean, Snyder, up until those last few pages, I was enjoying the story. So, um, you know, I think DC has been producing some really cool stuff. Hoping we get a Joker's announcement very soon, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if we wait until January, um, because that book has to be an issue to well, the first two issues have to be done. But anyways, I just want more Jeff Johns in my life, especially after Doomsday Clock has finished. But uh, that is gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to tune in next week for our top tens list, uh, because I think it's gonna be really cool. We're gonna go back and talk about some of our favorite Batman stories, and that's gonna how we're gonna close out the year. And, uh, you know, that will be before – that might be on Christmas yeah. if I edit it and do everything in time because we're going to record it a little early. Uh, if we don't, happy holidays, however you do. If for some reason you don't listen to that podcast for some reason, how dare you? <laughs> um, but that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, again, if, we also need a new outro. I need it. We need yes, to get a new do. outro we somehow because I'm tired of saying yeah, my outro We, we need this. to think but of something for sure. For the, yeah, for the time being, as always, I'm your host, Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. Remember when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Find me daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.